Online communities, classroom culture, and personal relationships have something in common. Whether it's forming a strong emotional bond, feeling included and accepted, or having an attachment to others, feeling like we belong makes us happy. Ever wonder why? Join me, Dr. Eileen Winokur, for my bi-weekly podcast, Journeys to Belonging, as I discuss my personal and professional experiences with belonging and interview educators and others as they share their stories of belonging. At the end of every episode, I'll offer advice about how we can all feel like we belong. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging podcast. On my show today, I have someone that I recently, really recently met and got to know on Twitter. And there was a specific tweet, which actually I'm going to ask her a question later in the broadcast, later in the program about, uh, regarding a community agreement that she put together with her students. And it piqued my interest and I said, I need to DM her and ask her if she'd like to be on my podcast because we have this connection. So Janique Casely, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Eileen, and thank you so much for inviting me here today. It is quite the honor to be invited here. Yeah, um, you're in Nova Scotia, and uh, but we really don't know. I didn't say too much about you, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background and, and what you're doing? Sure. Um, I've been, well, I teach grade six in Bedford, Nova Scotia, which is a small town in Nova Scotia. Actually, it's a big town in Nova Scotia. Um, I've been teaching for 23 years. I'm going to my 24th year. I have taught everything from grade primary to grade nine, except for grade four. I've never taught grade four. Wow. Um, yeah. And I love teaching. It's, it's something that I didn't think I would ever love doing, didn't intend to go to school to do at all, um, but fell in love with it with my very first practicum class and have been teaching ever since. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize you had been teaching for so long. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, so the first question I'd like to ask all my guests, uh, Janique, is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I honestly thought about this um, before coming here today. Okay. <laughs> and I have to say my, the word that I think of the most is community. It's a big word in my classroom. Um, I've called our class a class community for the last few years. It's how I talk to the kids about it. Um, we really nurture our community and take care of each other, respect each other. Um, it's that, that little close-knit family almost that you create when you call it a community, whether it's a school community or a classroom community. Right, yeah. Yeah, community is so important. Um, feeling like I, I used to, uh, when I was teaching, uh, we were always a team. Similar, mm -hmm. but I think community has a broader sense of, of comfort to it. I don't know why. Team is sort of almost uh, invites compet com competition, whereas mm -hmm. community is where, you know, we're here for each other. And uh, so I, I like that. If I was going back to teaching, I think that's, that's what I'd use also. Um, my next question relates to what you mentioned about your sort of journey into teaching. 
you mentioned in your background and just now that you sort of weren't thinking about teaching to begin with. So what piqued your interest during that practicum and how, how did you fall in love with it and now still doing it 20, almost 24 <laughs> years later? I honestly think my resistance to teaching came from growing up with uh, two parents who were teachers. Oh. And, yeah. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with it at all. Um, and even went to both universities with no intention of teaching. My, my idea was to do school psychology. And my very first practicum was in a grade four, five combined class. Mm -hmm. And the teachers, there were job share teachers and they were phenomenal and the kids were phenomenal. And I just that very first day of being in there and just being the observer, but the children wanted to interact with me. I enjoyed every interaction with them. I got up close and personal with them and we were talking about things that I had never talked to children about before. Oh, um, wow. so, yeah, it was just, it was a really neat interaction to be with that age of students too, I think, because they're, they have their own thoughts and they definitely will express them, but they're also reserved with their thoughts too. Yeah. So it was, it was very neat to talk to them and it, it definitely intrigued me and I left that day, that very first day thinking, okay, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I guess you can't fight those genes, huh? <laughs> were, your, were your parents uh, surprised, um, you know, I told you so or... <laughs> No, no, neither one of them were actually. They probably uh, weren't surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's funny because, you know, I, I have my, my parents, although they weren't teacher teachers as we normally think of them, they, they did teach. And uh, I never, people would say, you'd make a great teacher. You're so patient, Eileen. And I thought, no, you know, teachers need to be perfect. They're responsible for all these kids every year. And I ended up, you know, 20 years later, falling into teaching by accident. So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mentioned at the beginning, the way we met was this tweet that you uh, put up recently. And it caught my eye because I'm, I'm writing this book about belonging and looking into different things, uh, including Maslow and his uh, sort of relationship with um, the Blackfoot Confederation and so forth. And so you put up uh, uh, related to community, like you said, which you, you talked to your classroom about, this First Nation seven grandfather teachings. And that from that, you and your class, you and your students created this sort of community procedures. So I'd love to know more about this, how you found out about it and how you use it in your classroom. Um. Yeah, I, I really loved that um, lesson. It was actually introduced to me last year. So for the first time I did it was last year and it just fell in love with our community idea. And I say that in air quotes, our community idea. Yeah. Um, another educator who I taught with last year, who's phenomenal, um, showed me it. She had done it in her classroom. And I walked in, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she had, she showed me the book and I went and bought a copy immediately. And she um, had her students work together to do paintings. So there are seven teachings in the um, indigenous community. And the book is called The Lost Teachings. I wish I had a copy because I would definitely tell you the author. I just I don't know the author's name off I'll, by heart. I'll look it up so that I'll have it in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. 
Um, and so we talked, I read the story to the students and it's quite a lovely story um, and it has a lesson in it as well. And throughout the story, I'm trying to remember what the animal is. I think it's an owl that travels through the story and talks to different animals. Mm -hmm. And they each give him an idea of what it is to have community or a sense of belonging, um, love, trust, humility, um, respect. And there's seven of them. I can't remember all seven either. <laughs> and those- It's been a seven, while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna do it again probably next week or the week after. So I'll remember at that point. Um, but those after that we teach or we go through the book, the students each have a word and they create an art piece around that word that they want to display. And then we just really talk about what does that word mean in our classroom community. And we do a write up for that and display it with the art on the wall. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Do you, do you get the feeling I, I was also going to ask you is that must be part of now what you do in order to create that community feeling in your classroom. What are some other things that you do to bring the students together um, in that sense of community? Because as you said, it's so important to how you start your, your year with them. Right. Um, I think by grade six, sometimes they come in um, either with that sense of community or they come in without having had it yet. So at the beginning of the year, we talk a lot about um, listening to each other and respecting each other, making sure that when someone talks that we are listening and that we're not going to follow up with something that's not nice or something that's not respectful. Because um, a lot of kids are very, they're very snippy, very witty with their comebacks. And I don't think about how that affects other children sometimes. Right. Um, and the just kidding words we talk a lot about too, and about how what your, that your words hurt. Um, no matter what you say, even if you think you're just kidding, the words are still out there and they hurt. So we do talk a lot about that too um, at the beginning of the year, just so that going forward, we know that the people who are a little apprehensive to share what they want to say because they're afraid they're going to be ridiculed know that it's a safe place to share. Yeah, that idea of safety is so important to community and to feel like you, that sense of belonging. Um, yeah. Having that trusting atmosphere, feeling that you're, you're not criticized or if the, there is any criticism or feedback that might be less than what you think it'll be, you still feel, you know, it's coming from the right place. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say exactly. That's, I feel that's really important too, especially for children. Um, I think that in elementary school is where they become more comfortable with themselves or they don't. And I think mm -hmm. creating that community feeling so that everyone feels that safety net of, yes, I can share and I'm not going to feel bad about sharing after is really important going forward, especially junior high and high school. Those are probably more yeah. difficult years of sharing. Um, so I think it's really important to nurture that in elementary school. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for them to know what a safe place or a safe space looks like, 
You mentioned that just the last number of years you've been sort of using this idea of community. What did you do before? What, was it similar and you just used a different word for it or, or how did you sort of gear up? <laughs> no, I think uh, starting out, I was told, I, I've heard a couple of your podcast shows and I think one of the other guests on there, um, you had mentioned along the way of, being told not to smile until December and <laughs> and that the classroom was yours and you were the one, you were the boss. Um, yeah. So I know it was, I think we just called it Great Six Casely and that was it. It's kind of the Twitter handle that stuck until the summer when I changed it. Um, but yeah, I wasn't as deaf. I mean, I've always listened to the kids and I've always mm -hmm. really wanted to know what they were thinking and what they wanted to share, but right. it never really worked on creating that sense of community before. Interesting. So what sort of moved you into that different, it's a slightly different mindset, I guess. It is, yeah. Um, I think probably the whole idea of growth mindset um, mm -hmm. and that becoming a, a big thing a few years ago of people talking about growth mindset. It was something that I really started looking into and started incorporating into my lessons in the classroom as well. Yeah. Um, and that made me really think about creating that sense of mm -hmm. being safe. It was probably also my switch from grade three to grade five and six, because I find grade threes are a lot more, they will give you more information. <laughs> and they <laughs> badly about it they're oh, from the okay. of babes i think is what i constantly said in grade three <laughs> um but switching to grade five and six they're yeah. a lot more reserved yeah. so it was i think that probably was my push to really start creating that more that bigger sense of community with the older yeah. students yeah that's interesting uh, interesting the sort of not starting out that way but then moving toward that way and and sort of how how it's grown and how yeah. you've learned from other teachers that you work with. Um, you, you mentioned that you're starting in a new school. So how are you creating that sense of belonging for yourself and then getting used to, you know, sort of your own colleagues and your situation and then, then a new class? Yeah, well, we haven't met completely yet as a staff. Um, that is on Thursday, actually, um, in two days we meet Friday. together. But I think even just being positive, I, I like, even in these times, I think it's still so important to be positive, to really listen to other people, um, listen to what they're saying, right. and not think you have to respond, <laughs> um, but just to listen. But being positive, for sure, is something that's going to be important right now, um, starting the school year, and focusing on the positives, because mm -hmm. they're might not be a whole lot in a given day, but I think focusing on them will become very important. Yeah. Will you be in the classroom or are you going to be uh, online or hybrid? No, we are 100% face-to-face right now, um, starting next Thursday for the students. Uh-huh, yeah. And were you online in the spring? We were. We went online yeah. in March. Um, I called it at-home learning starting in March. Yeah, yeah. What was, how did they, how did they make that transition? Because I know there's a lot of debate, a lot of discussion about, you know, the fact that it happened so quickly. Were your students, were you and your students able to sort of move to that? Um, you know, what kind of things did you encounter at the time? 
I found my students, like my particular class was probably more successful than maybe the other grade six classes I was teaching with only because we had our own computers. Um, we were piloting a computer platform. Mm -hmm. So they had their own devices, which I had sent home with them for the March break. And then we just never returned after the March break. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that made it a little easier. And the fact that I had taught them about some platforms that we were going to use at that they could use at home as well. Mm -hmm. um, I still definitely found new ones and, you know, kind of pushed, nudged a little bit of new ones their way to see if they yeah. would use them. But I think they were, they were a really great class to work with too. I just happened to have a wonderful class last year who was very keen on doing new things. Yeah. So it was good that way with them. They were gung-ho to use the online tech. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of platforms, I noticed in your bio on Twitter, that you're a Wakelet ambassador involved with Seesaw and Flipgrid and some others and, and fairly active on Twitter. Those communities are, are really important in sort of keeping us in contact. Obviously, that's how we met, you know, across the seas. Um, so what interested you in, in sort of becoming, because you can use those platforms without becoming proponents or, you know, ambassadors, but what about those communities do you find uh, helps or supports you or, you know, why do you sort of keep um, not joining, but why do you, why do you keep sort of advancing and, and to be part of those communities? What do they mean to you? Um, I think when I find a tech tool um, that I, I am the type of person who likes to get to know everything about it before I will say too much about it. Um, and my first love was Wakelet, which I found over a year, a little over a year ago yes. um, at this point and fell in love with it. Um, but that community of Wakelet, the, the Wakelet team is so phenomenal and so supportive yeah. um, through email, through Twitter. You can get in touch with any of them and they get right back to you. Yeah. Um, James, Misbah, they're just, they're phenomenal people. Callum, um, Tages, like they're they're phenomenal so yeah I, you feel like you know them personally right exactly yes. i do yes. feel like i could go up to them tomorrow if i saw them on the street and hug them and <laughs> <laughs> call them by name and mm. be like who are you yeah um, but i really do and then yeah. i over so that's what kind of drove me to become an ambassador for wakelet um and then over covid i because i was home um, i know i sat at the computer for almost six, seven hours a day, just conversing with students and giving them feedback on their work. But in between that, I thought it would be a wonderful time being at home to kind of teach myself some platforms. Right. So in all honesty, that's where, how I found Buncee. Um, just found that in March and kind of snuck it in with my kids and said, hey, you want to try Buncee out? Um, and they, they loved it. Yeah, and I became another favorite. So it was something that I kind of um, Francesca Aturi approached me about becoming mm -hmm. an ambassador. So yeah. I definitely jumped on that as well because I love Bumsy yeah. and Seesaw again. I found through um, COVID as well and absolutely loved it. Used it for the four months we had left in the year. Mm -hmm. um, and Flipgrid is a phenomenal tool as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the thing about them is there's such great teams. 
so yeah. supportive of educators and, and really interested in, in our success and amazing the features that they come up with based on our suggestions. So, you know, there's that back and forth there. We, we feel that they're listening. And then the greater community of those who are also ambassadors or, you know, using those tools. Um, do you, do you attend any of the tweet meets that they have or, or webinars and things like that? Oh, well, I think I became, I started calling myself a webinar junkie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done so many webinars, even yeah. over the summer. Like I, I have not stopped for the last two months with webinars. I've almost attended one a day. I've yeah. attended five or six different summits. Um, just over the summer as well. So definitely yeah. the webinars, um, the tweets or the Twitter chats, I, I find them really hard to follow. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people who likes to be able to keep track of everything. And I, yeah. I just get on there and I feel overwhelmed sometimes. So I do take part in a six chat um, with some educators in the United States yeah. um, and a code breaker chat, which is stems out of Toronto. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I haven't really dove into Twitter chats yet. I'll yeah. get there. Yes, yes. Well, for me, the time difference is difficult. But also, if it's a half an hour chat, it goes by so fast. Um, I became sort of the early host chat for Wakelet. And I see, you know, it, it really helps to schedule answers if you mm -hmm. know the questions beforehand and then to be able to sort of just involve yourself in the chat. But yeah, everything goes by so fast. But then it's, it's fun because you, you sort of go by and there are particular either people or, or answers, you know, to questions that you go back. Um, I know that when I uh, was doing a presentation about how to get on social media to create your professional learning network, one of the questions that's always asked of me is, how do you not feel overwhelmed? And it's basically, you know, dividing up your time and prioritizing and making sure that, you know, you're only using a certain amount of time that you have per day or however you want to schedule it so that you feel that you're in control rather than it's taking over. It works most of the time, but I, I would say some of the time it doesn't. So and when we're home all the time, it, it was not, it was not easy. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting. You said you're a lifelong learner, so it's, it's obviously obvious that that's the case here. Yes, I'd love to learn new things, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what are some of, uh, any other advice that you'd like to, to give the listeners, things about your classroom, things maybe not just the beginning of the year, how you start off, but you know, how do you progress through the year? Um, if, problems present themselves or um, where you see the community sort of not coming together the way you want to. Sometimes they do because of the chemistry of the students, like you said, last year's class, mm -hmm. but sometimes they just don't. There's either one or two students. They sort of steer the class in a different direction. How do you manage with all of that? Um, I think it's really important to create your relationships, to work on relationships first. Um, I know we're constantly hearing that right now, but I've always done that too. And not just relationships with the students, but with their families. Um, that's yes. definitely something I can always work on. Uh, I know that, that I can create better relationships with families. But I also think that having, giving the students choice and voice 
are really important too, that when the students feel they have a voice in your room, they're more likely to buy into what you are selling. Um, yeah. But also that choice so that they maybe can pick something that they would want to do over something else, but they're still showing you what they know. They just have a little bit of choice in how they show you what they know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important, especially in formative assessments, mm -hmm. is that uh, it's not always just what we tell them that they have to do, but especially because, you know, students have different talents. And part of that whole idea of belonging and forming that community is seeing how each one of us fits into that. And when we feel valued, obviously, you know, we are you know, and accepted for our individual strengths that, that really does make a difference. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Any other advice that you want to give? Not particular to a question that I have, but anything that comes to mind that you said, gee, I want to make sure that I, I say this today? Oh gosh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, yeah, create that community would be my biggest advice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see myself as an advice giver either. I don't really give advice. Um, I think definitely create relationships and to stay positive, especially right now. We need yeah. to stay positive. Yeah, absolutely. Just taking it one day at a time, I think has helped me not looking too far into the future because there's so much uncertainty, which really makes, I think, everybody anxious. It's just, let's look at how we can make the best of of what we're doing right now and hopefully the rest will fall into place exactly i plan one day at a time that's yeah. <laughs> we're not yeah. supposed to but i can't do anything more one day at a time is all i i manage and that's, that's that keeps me going that's true that's true um and my always my last question to my guests is where can people find you if they want to hop off the podcast and look for you right away Ah, so I am on Twitter at at six Casely, C-A-S-E-L-E-Y. Mm -hmm. And I'm also on Wakelet, but I'm creating a new space on Wakelet. So I wouldn't want to give that information and have it be wrong. But I, we, now that we have spaces on Wakelet, I'm creating different ones. Um, okay. But yeah, definitely on Twitter. Okay. I, I'm very present on Twitter, so. Sounds good. Well, your episode will be up in a couple of weeks, so I'll check in with you beforehand. If your spaces, wakelist spaces, is uh, ready to go, then I'll make sure to add that to the show notes. Then by, by then. Okay. okay, sounds good. It yeah. should be by then. Thank you so much, Janique. This was really a pleasure. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much, Eileen, for inviting me today. Yeah. Thank you again for being on my podcast, Janique. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast, Journeys to Belonging. Um, and the next episode will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can connect with me on Twitter at Eileen Winokur, I-L-E-N-E-W-I-N-O-K-U-R, or on Instagram at Eileen underscore W. And you can also find my blog uh, at the website https colon forward slash forward slash cultures dot build. See you in two weeks.